Hello everyone, welcome to A Work in Progress, the official podcast of Busy Bee. I'm Jeffrey Langan, your host, and on this episode, I interviewed Xander Sadwa. Xander is the founder of the site Across the Culture. Across the Culture functions as a crowdsourced hub dedicated to hosting user opinions on global popular culture phenomena. Whether it be a Twitter trend or global politics, think pieces abound can be found. And Xander prides himself on publishing content regardless of ideology or viewpoint. On this episode, we talk about where Xander gets his ideas from, the difficulties that come in writing original think pieces, and what role culture plays in our day-to-day lives. Stay tuned for the end of the episode, where Xander and I discuss how the beginning of any journey can be difficult when it comes to building momentum, but the plethora of resources nowadays make it easier. Let's get to Xander. Hello everyone, welcome to A Work in Progress, the official podcast of Busy Bee. My name is Jeffrey Langan, and today I have the amazing, the indomitable, the impressive Xander Sadwa. Xander, <laughs> tell me, what do you do, and why do you do it? Well, I do cultural entrepreneurship. Tell me more about that. Uh, in a broad sense, it is founding and executing like creative business solutions to cultural and social issues or and or using uh using elements of culture and like you know intuitive cultural knowledge to solve issues uh and entrepreneurship in general is again like innovating around an issue and creating a product or a service as a solution. Uh, so that's what I do, and it takes many forms. Mm-hmm. I think entrepreneurship in general encourages that you do a number of different things to accomplish your your end goals, and that's that's the beauty of it. Like you aren't a label, you aren't a job. It's a lifestyle of, like, attacking your interests or your issues, and it's a better way to be defined in my in my eyes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're here to have you on the show to to talk about your website across the culture. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. Across the culture is a, a crowdsourced hub for opinion pieces on global pop culture. And there's lots to define in there, but that's that's the the summary of it that I give to people. Uh-huh. So to crowdsource is to pull from like a community of of content creators. Um, you could even argue that you know a microblogging service like Twitter is like a crowdsourced mm, or yeah. blog uh, medium or something like that too. So across the culture, the the focus is on getting people's opinions on global pop culture um, and the ties of pop culture to how we see and feel and move through society. I think people, a lot of the topics that are covered across the culture tend to be uh, pigeonholed into entertainment Mm. or even if not entertainment, they're treated as separate from 
how we like treat more serious social matters how an artist's uh, commentary on race or sexuality in their music uh, relates to how people in their everyday lives you know navigate identity politics or understand their own racial identities or sexualities um, for instance um, and then pop culture is a large term that mm-hmm. to many is hard to define yeah. my attempt at defining it uh, on the site is pop culture being the sum of all <clears throat> of all popular like social artifacts known to people so popular uh, conversation topics popular images music um, fashion decisions like pretty much anything that's a norm to a person a value to a person or some like physical representation of that Mm -hmm. to me is cultural and opens the door for a lot of discussion about a lot of different things but um yeah it it tends to be pretty like easy to grasp once you're on the site and you see like this swirling realm of like Mm -hmm. i don't know discussing donald trump and the the social psych behind his handshake issue Uh and then another (laughs) and then another piece about why uh, the content in Kanye West's rants are actually like some of the most brilliant insights to how we consume culture and how like cultural creators uh, manipulate or like mistreat their positions like pretty much anything that has to do with how we again think and feel about society Mm. and how we move through it um if it's represented in words objects etc it's cultural so that's what across the culture does it tries to encompass all that it tries to get perspectives across the spectrum um so politically that's from you know your radical liberal protester to i guess a trump supporter isn't necessarily uh establishment but sure if that if that's what you want to treat as like the other mm-hmm. polar end of this you know because we ha- we've hosted trump supporters we've hosted uh anime fans and critics mm-hmm. we've hosted black gamers we've hosted african fans of k-pop like mm that's what we try to do we, we truly try to encompass global pop culture awesome yeah and for you personally when you're how do you know where to look mm-hmm. for uh, your articles the subjects mm. because if it's because there have been some articles that I've read where like oh I I've, could have never thought of that and maybe it's just you who's you're living in this swirling realm but mm-hmm. Is there a moment where you go, hey, that's some- what if that could be something? And then you, you build it up. How do you get there? Yeah, I do. I actually do have those moments. It's kind of, I'm glad that you mentioned it like that. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I can speak for myself because I have I have contributors that come to those conclusions in different ways. Mm-hmm. Personally, uh, I think the parts of culture that people are fascinated by, like in an individual sense, are parts of culture they feel like either represent who they think they are, who they want to be uh-huh. or represent like a fear or a hope that they have so again like where they want to be what they don't want to be what they you know I think I think thoughts about that are very intuitive and you latch on to mm-hmm. figures and social artifacts that represent those things so someone that just can't stand the Kardashians right mm-hmm. That person probably has thoughts about what a meritocracy really is or what a respectable family is, which says a lot about what that person's family values are, at least if they have a an understanding of what an American family should look like, mm-hmm. a respectable one. And I don't know, like, y- these are things that we we take for granted but think about often Mm -hmm. like during work on the ride home when you're being bombarded by images of Mm -hmm. people and things that you've never met or interacted with but have to care about because Mm. you see them all the time interesting uh but i think a lot of the inspiration behind my articles are first it's awareness of that fact that like we are constantly constantly being made to think about um, culture and mm-hmm. the rep- the representatives of culture are in our face all the time mm-hmm. as Westerners, especially as Americans, um, because those creators like understand the power of like imposing an image or a brand of thinking and living onto people. So, a lot of my fascination as I'm sure you probably read is in hip hop because hip hop covers like class conflict. It covers race, Mm -hmm. covers gender roles, covers sexuality. And a lot of hip hop culture has guided my self understanding, Mm -hmm. which isn't to say that I've taken like all of, (laughs) of hip hop's like mainstream values and made them Mm -hmm. mine. Mm -hmm. But it was like, Hip hop culture is the most effective uh, playground for me to understand that. So it's very it's very easy for me to to sit on something Kanye West might have said in an interview and say as insightful or as dope, and mm-hmm. there's a reason why. And I generally write things that occur to me. Mm-hmm. And that I haven't seen elsewhere. So I think in general, when you create, you should create. Uh, you should create what you would want to see mm-hmm. in the world. And yeah, I guess a, a more popular idiom there would be uh, "be the change you want to see in the world." Yeah. But going from that as a creative, and e- even if I'm writing think pieces, like the those thoughts are original. Those. Mm-hmm. Uh, like 
perspectives are original so i consider myself a creative um yeah i i put out what i want to see uh a complex do or a related source do Mm. you know um and once you understand what it is that you want to see out of the world uh you put more energy toward if you are like dedicated to you know being the change you see in the world mm-hmm. you put more energy toward toward crafting that and like making it look like what you want it to look like so whenever i would read something again going back to the kanye example because it's pretty mm. easy to grasp familiar figure whenever i read something about kanye west almost anywhere it took a polarized stance like you either hated the guy or you loved him he was crazy or revolutionary uh with maybe one or two one or two points that fed into like your base obsession over him like he's great because he ushered in like a new era of gender expression and fashion to hip-hop and I don't know. And then after that, it just becomes like, and you know, you love Kanye when he does this, that, whatever. That's just him being him. Mm. Like, you know, love it or hate it. And then if you are a Vanity Fair or an E News, you know, you report on mm. that differently and you throw like a factor to in about an event like his rent in Sacramento for the Easy's tour or the, excuse me, the St. Pablo tour, mm-hmm. the one where he did three songs. Uh, he gave, like, a 10-minute visionary stream of consciousness, to use his terms, yeah. uh, about the music industry, about creatives gaming the system rather than uh, prioritizing, like, broadcasting good art. Mm-hmm. And just his frustration with that, and he left, and he just left the show, and he canceled the tour after that. Yeah, so people I remember that. Are, were understandably upset about it, mm-hmm. but I guess to get to the root of what I'm saying, there wasn't enough centrist media, there wasn't enough centrist thought, and to get past that jargon, there weren't enough people acknowledging everything like right and wrong, progressive and regressive about an event mm-hmm. so when I think about that and when I think about things that I'm passionate about uh, about figures that I feel like represent either my thoughts and beliefs or my fears or hope and hopes mm. so people that I dislike that are public figures people that I like when I think about that I understand I want that perspective I want uh a more holistic approach to these events to be a thing in media. Mm -hmm. So when I write and I come up with a point that I haven't read, Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be a good one. I know it's going to be thought provoking. So I don't know if you could attest to that from reading Uh what I've written so far. I don't know what you've actually read (laughs) read from my side because I write about a lot of, a lot I write about, uh, I write about like roasting styles and how Twitter accounts like embody those. I don't know. I write about um, I write about media figures like outside the United States. I write mm-hmm. about race. Like you could tell me what you what you've read and see if that 
you know, mm-hmm. if what I've said has corroborated that. Well, well, what I'm curious about is for um, your research, if you said that you, you start writing something you haven't read, what is that even, what's that like? It makes it sound mm-hmm. like I've never had, like, oh, original thought, what's that? <laughs> but uh, if, if you're approaching something, and I know that, I remember I read on an article about, it was Drake, you said that uh, you do tons of research mm-hmm. when you go into all this, so how do you know when you have enough information? How do you know when you're ready to breach a topic, if it's a think mm-hmm. piece? And usually thoughts, they build off of each other until suddenly you have this 10-page thing, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. shoot, mm-hmm. I got to slim this down. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good question because there's a balance between being attention-grabbing, being informative, you yeah. know, and keeping someone's attention. So... My goal, it depends too, because I, I've recently started a series of content where I simply like present an unpopular opinion or just like mm-hmm. a burning thought mm-hmm. I have about something. I present pieces of evidence for that or just refer to things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a lot of my long form, I do the work for people and like pointing them to sources, mm-hmm. uh, pulling direct quotes from sources. But I also feel like that's necessary in long form, but in a lot of ways to start a conversation, I think just making an accurate reference, reference is good enough for like a foundation to make your arguments on. Mm-hmm. And I just put it out there and see what people think. Um, th- that's like a more recent uh, or more recent content idea mm-hmm. and endeavor, but I guess you're referring to like my my longer form pieces and like yeah, because I know sometimes when I do writing, uh, when I write, the the challenge between filling up space, but usually if I have a, I'm having a hard time writing a lot, that shows I just don't know enough about the topic. <laughs> yeah, but, but with me the problem gets to be. When I'm like, oh, I gotta cut this down. Uh-huh. And if if it's a think piece, that makes uh-huh. me think that, with all the research that you do, there's probably more where that came from. Do you <laughs> do you find a challenge in trying to, if you're writing something that you haven't yeah, read before, like, uh-huh. like being the the creative who can't like, oh, I see how they did it, and obviously you have tools in your tool belt mm-hmm, from like mm-hmm. taking in pop culture. But when you're trying to express an original thought, and you're like, is this going to confuse people? Is this what goes through your head when you're doing yeah. that? Um, I want to think about an example, but until I get there. Yeah. Uh, first, believing that, believing my perspective is like the start of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's one, like, it's one thing to see it, and once you have that, you have to like you have to have a more you have to paint that picture for people mm-hmm. you have to you have to construct what you see um with i mean that's that's the point of research right it's like yeah. your your insight might be intuitive but you know, to, um, let me backtrack here. Yeah. I guess even if my perspective is new, it still, it still took a path through, 
through information that everyone has access mm. to. Mm -hmm. Like it still came from the same object of interest, right? Yeah. So really like what I'm doing in articles is saying like, you saw this, I saw this, italicized this. Yeah. And then do my best to point directly at it. Uh huh. And pointing directly at something in writing. Um, so if you want to use my like Kanye West rant yeah. series as an example, um, it's just using as many tools as possible to make your point, like yeah. your your finger pointing at, yeah. at your perspective, okay. concise or like direct. You know, there's like you can gesture to an area. Like if you're sitting with someone and you're like. You know, I see, I, I see this object as this, or, you know, th this seems like it has a flaw here. And someone's just like, oh, where do you see that? Like, you can kind of like, you can lift your hand up and mm -hmm. rotate around and be like, it's somewhere around here. Mm -hmm. uh, you can point with one finger and just like flippantly raise it and drop it back down. Mm. Uh, I feel like when I present a new thought about about a topic that already has a lot of commentary it's almost laser focused so like with the with the Kanye West Rance pieces um, if there's a phrase that some people thought was a provocative for the sake of being provocative like message mm -hmm. or simply Kanye being angry and I see like and I see Kanye like speaking a necessary truth about something that I think people should listen to. I point to the word or the phrase that made me think that. Mm -hmm. And then once you identify that, I think a lot of people, like once, once you get somebody to that point or to the source of your perspective, it gives them the it gives them the chance to like to rotate or to like st take a step around the object and be there with you and see it see it from that angle um so yeah i guess when i'm when i'm presenting a new thought on a topic um i need to know enough to guide someone to the place from which I saw it from. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think we're kind of straying from yeah. your question about balancing, like, readability uh -huh. and information. That's okay. I, I just have another quick, have you ever, because you mentioned the unpopular opinions thing, have you ever had to defend a point you made to someone who was just very adamant that you don't know what you're talking about? Or someone who just, because I've seen comments on a website where people are like going back and forth mm -hmm. but do you ever find someone just like s putting their foot down like no <laughs> it's not uh, true people tend to build off of my articles mm -hmm. there was one where I wrote about Lily King the uh, American Olympic swimmer uh -huh. uh, and she uh, she had called out FMOVA this uh this russian swimmer mm -hmm. for her like her doping charges I, I think a year or two back and and then she had beaten her too in 
in one of the events for for gold in mm-hmm. 2016 and i wrote about it as like hearkening back to like the united states ussr rivalry and thinking that uh, nationalism in some ways can be is like the pride and joy of the olympics and that people can get behind it even if they haven't seen swimming competitions a day in their lives outside of like the two or three weeks of the summer olympics you know mm-hmm. um but yeah someone i guess this was more more of a perspective but i guess this is just about handling like pushback mm-hmm. uh someone commented about well first of all there was a perspective disagreement this, this person was like it was classless the uh, they called the you doping, classless, or, the, or they yeah, were classless. Th- they thought they thought I was classless for supporting King's behavior, and that the what I was referring to as far as um, FMOVA's doping charges was taken out of context, and I was I was made to look like I, w- I didn't know what I was talking about. Uh huh. Um, and when you write in the spaces I write. Or in general, if you're trying to, if the goal is to uh, encourage improved thinking and understanding of what culture means to society, mm-hmm. if your goal is to encourage improved thinking and like understanding, period, you have to be open to that and be humble about it. I think I actually, I didn't apologize, but I was I was quick to like rescind where I was wrong. But you also have to understand why you even said what you said in the first place, you know. I think my point about about the Olympics making sports, like, important to a nation's identity, uh, what I said about the Olympics being engaging for those reasons was still, was still held up. Like, it was so true. As long as your premise is valid, like, you can up information or like you can have a flaw in your perspective all mm-hmm. the time but as long as you point to where you're getting it from people can build on it for the better or just restructure it or like point you a different direction you know mm-hmm. so, so yeah, yeah that's my experience with pushback <laughs> to those who um hear what you're saying and to look who look at across the culture and want to write what you do right or even write because it's crowdsourced um what advice would you give for people that want to write for me yeah for people who want to write for you people who want to write think pieces in general for people who the way your mind taps into things yeah who are looking to yeah make their mark in that way uh well, first, I would like to have a bunch of different media. Uh, uh-huh. I think, yeah, we're launching a video series soon. Um, I want visual artists on there as well. But in the general sense, a content creator for across the culture should, whatever comes from that person, that creator, it should be about the things they think about and go far with like at the strangest of times in a day it should be about the the questions they have about an interest they feel like no one takes 
seriously mm-hmm. about the things they consume passionately but don't really talk about with other people because or to the depth they want because they feel like it won't be received well those are the kinds of topics and those are the kinds of thoughts I want displayed on across the culture um, and even if it is something that you've already made your livelihood even if you're like a political organizer locally mm-hmm. and you're just super invested in your your party or your candidates for like a municipal election or whatever and you just had a thought about how caucusing should work to get more people involved you know uh, that's that's unique to you it's unique to your locale your experiences your passions whatever it is make sure your perspective is not it's not something you've seen like to my point earlier about being the change you want to see in the world mm. write or create what you want to see and haven't seen when it comes to thoughts and opinions about your cultural reality your social reality that'd be my greatest advice i think cause i've taken writers with the range of of uh, ability i've taken writers who've never published on the web in their life mm-hmm. uh writers that haven't taken a college english course writers that have self-published eight books um i don't care about that and that shouldn't be a barrier to being published i think it's unfair i think it's uh clearly you have to have like some some competence with a computer and the english language but i'll go out of my way to to edit and put your thoughts up simply because everyone's perspective is unique and has value and when it comes especially like when it comes to weighty topics like if you're writing about race class politics and you have either an identity or a look at things that people have not really acknowledged or have talked about like your inclusion in that discussion just makes it more whole so on top of writing or creating what you want to see but haven't seen um just believing that anything that you would have to say um especially if you haven't seen it written or said is valuable that's that's what i would so just believing that yeah believing your thoughts are valuable being the change in the world you want to see those are my principles there and this might tie in might just be a little add-on but is there anything you wish someone had told you before you started across the culture nah because i i got the greatest advice Mm. prior to starting (laughs) across the culture and it was very similar to what i've just said yeah um but more on the technical side because i did not do web design i was not a computer science major prior to to building it um but i was told i was told um more broadly in an entrepreneurial sense but when it came to uh, building a website and like monetizing it too 
like coming into it as a beginner especially without that framework uh can actually serve to benefit you and at, at the very least should not deter you from attempting to build because not only do you learn best from the attempts and your failures uh it is 2017 and <laughs> and creating a platform for yourself or introducing a new product or service to the world has been made very simple like the number of resources at your disposal are if you really consider mm -hmm. overwhelming i with less than 50 bucks you can buy a customizable web layout a web domain you can put advertisements on your website and make money for them you can amass hundreds of people thousands of people that will at the very least see what you're doing and then even if you get a small percentage of it consume what you're doing and you don't have to go through a major publisher you don't have to write a certain medium to to get those thoughts out <laughs> or to get your truth out so yeah like I, I had someone help me realize just how much opportunity there was uh, to to create something like across the culture without relevant experience aside from the passion and the understanding of what it is I wanted to do with it um, so yeah like if you're trying to build a website and you think it's daunting it's not you can literally buy like pre-coded uh, customizable themes for website without having to like know a lick of code or consult a web designer or you know a tech guy and if you want to take it further sure get people that fill in for your weaknesses uh, or your deficiencies but in general you know I can't do this so I can't build that or uh, I don't have a budget for this so I'm just not going to try mm -hmm. you know a lot of people end at the start because it's the hardest time to gain momentum but it's also like your only chance at gaining momentum you know it just shouldn't it should not deter you like that especially considering the number of ways you can improve on what you're doing with the start you know there are so many ways to to better your site to better your craft that are offered to you for free that come with how to's uh, and then ac accessing people has never been easier either so even if you have no clue and you just don't want to do it there are so many people and ways to access mm -hmm. uh, servicers and those within the community that which you're trying to like brand yourself in 
a writer's community, a web design community, uh, for instance, that would, that can help you with that, you know? Yeah. So, because the internet, <laughs> mm-hmm. because, I, I say that because it's a, it's a childish Gambino album. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. You're, you're super I'm very familiar. Okay, so I'm glad you, That yeah. was one of the articles I read too, the okay. Donald Glover stuff. Which one? Uh, the one with, um, his, his mixtape and the dreaminess oh, of it with the, the uh, Atlanta. Donald Glover had a dream? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that one yeah uh-huh yeah that uh that's such an inspiration for me like donald glover's he's, body of work oh my gosh yeah, he's like he's like a god to me yeah he's, he's crazy good <laughs> yeah um do you have any other questions uh do you have anything you'd like to plug i know across the culture.com uh-huh. mm-hmm. ascension is my consulting firm i founded it with a with a classmate uh, we do cultural brokerage and it's not something that an individual can really like mm-hmm. um, you know hire out but yeah we help organizations better serve underserved communities and we help them do it across like cultural lines or barriers so it's like diversity and inclusion work but instead of just making sure a company is not racist like in their hiring practices yeah we uh <laughs> we not only enrich them internally but we also like get them um we elevate their ability to serve like different constituents of different like cultural backgrounds and demographics so yeah it's a very innovative take on on social equity on diversity and inclusion so if you know any businesses that could use the help <laughs> or if you just you know want to know what cultural brokerage is mm-hmm. ascension will have a website up soon we plan on being very very involved with pop culture in a lot of ways and highlighting the things coming out of subcultures that are underserved, hip-hop included. I think a lot of what I do in general feeds into, like, itself. So all my endeavors are all tied together with, like, their core purpose. So... I guess that's one thing I wanted to say, and one one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, especially when you mentioned Donald Glover mm-hmm. about him being inspiration. All of his work, dating back to even being a writer on Thirty Rock, like his wittiness, his uh, his take on like creative communities, on race, on music. Uh, it's all you could read through any any of his scripts any of his albums tv shows and see like an evolving conversation uh so as you read in that piece i'm Mm -hmm. sure like the the idea of like childish gambino's 
dream to be like a hit hip-hop artist coming out of Atlanta but you know being the the odd not hyper masculine guy mm-hmm. uh, from Atlanta like kind of limited him at the beginning you know so he takes the role as like Troy in community he uh, <laughs> he comes out with music like on camp or uh, yeah. royalty where it's still it's quality music but it for a long time a lot of people in the hip hop community did not take him as seriously as his talent warranted because there were just there was just so much that was different about him um, to the hip hop community and a lot of what Atlanta is a lot of what his uh, his past music is about and even some of like some of the well his stand up for sure stand up comedy for sure is more explicit about his um his dilemmas being the kind of black male he is um yeah all of that is like a core focus and it evolves as he evolves too like if you listen to camp you never would have expected the same person to come out with awaken my love and sing the way he sung and like became the person that he became like a not only someone that embodies 70s and 80s like black funk like parliament funkadelic and prince but someone that the migos would respect a cosign from you know i think he's always had an understanding of what he knows about hip-hop but also how he could fit or like push people's understandings of being black of being a guy of being american further and yeah and that's why i think his his body of work is inspiring and that's something i think people can replicate in a lot of ways because there are so many going back to the point about the number of resources and just that is available to people to like help them manifest whatever it is they want to manifest like i write articles i edit people i consult i'm on a civic tech company's team that create that has an app that like makes civic engagement easier you can like debate and uh reach out to constituents and candidates for office locally through this app it's called civic eagle and everything that i just mentioned is like individually is it is its own career <laughs> like 20 years ago mm. it, it'd be one thing to to be one of those things let alone all three of them and i feel like as long as you understand what your unique perspective or value to the world is that you're offering uh and if you start from there as to like you know why it's become that or why it's unique to you and where it's missing you can put it into almost any line of work and as long as your profession isn't like a heavily technical one you know i think i'd give pass to to uh 
lifelong medical researchers or you know like you, you you don't just try to solve like the problem of like cancer or aging and then just drop it and be like well now i'm gonna take this you know perspective and go elsewhere or like uh-huh. or if you're like an engineer you know there are a number that i don't know highly technical fields like that i can give a pass to for like their uh, conventional career paths you know and like their progress but if you're i don't know if if your fascination is in producing for or serving people you can do that in so many ways um as an artist as an entrepreneur as someone with a certain skill set if you're a journalist if you're a musician if you're a teacher um again really different professions but if you know what it is you're trying to put out to the world you know someone like donald glover is just an example that it can happen in a lot of different ways and it can evolve over time it doesn't have to be you know i don't have to be a a lifelong blogger (laughs) or editor nor do i have to be um a lifelong consultant and like stay in private sectors you know so yeah that was my my greater point about the entrepreneurial spirit yeah and what that made 2017 um and then just really like getting familiar with the that you you think about and instead of you know like the the thoughts that you're passionate about or that recur to you but they haven't acted on yet yeah and then instead of writing it off as like that'd be cool or that'd be nice i wish i'd seen that the the leap from thinking that to doing that is not a far leap but once you're on the side of trying to manifest it or do it versus thinking about it it is so much more encouraging it is so much more encouraging Mm -hmm. um so yeah. yeah yeah love that i think a lot of people will need to hear that and uh-huh. i think a lot of people are gonna find joy in that because there are so many resources out there it's uh-huh. crazy mm-hmm. right so yeah, yeah. I mean, was there anything else uh i don't have anything else no thanks for coming on the show yeah no problem man thanks for uh spreading the love and hopefully get some people hyped up i know <laughs> I, I know i am i'm ready to go start a business and take over the world yeah i mean was that was that inspirational was that cool yeah 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 man cool all right all right i'm glad i could do that for you and the listeners of busy bees podcast yeah indeed and yeah this is xander tzadwa uh i said tzadwa the first time for all those people that couldn't pronounce it the uh the tirinier amharic way i'm from ethiopia by the way my parents are ethiopian uh yeah this is Xander. This is Jeffrey. And I'm a work in progress, and the show is a work in progress. Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, but we're going places with it. So yeah. stay tuned for Across the Culture, for Ascension, Civic Eagle, all that. Mm-hmm. All that. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be really Thanks, good. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't Xander great? 
Now, you can do one of two things or both of two things. You can go to HireBusyBee.com. That's H-I-R-E-B-U-S-Y-B-E-E.com. Or you can go to our social media feeds by Googling HireBusyBee, same spelling, notably Instagram or Facebook. I'll catch you guys next time. And as always, Kevin McLeod made this song in the background, and it's Carpe Diem. Catch you guys around.